I'm Tony Pringley, your host for the Diversified Podcast, a space where we celebrate and amplify the voices of entrepreneurs from underrepresented backgrounds. On my podcast, you'll hear firsthand from those who have maneuvered through various barriers and have taken a chance and made their business dreams into a reality. Let's go. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Diversified Podcast. I'm so happy you're back to tune in to another fun episode. Today, I'll be chatting with Jasmine Foster, the founder of Be Rooted, a brand that uplifts and celebrates women of color through inclusively designed stationery. Jasmine founded Be Rooted to create a space for women of color to see themselves in a place they hadn't been. Weaving culture into every design and message, Be Rooted inspires customers to explore their inner muse and celebrate themselves. They want their customers to know they are seen and they belong here. On today's episode, we will learn more about the vision behind Be Rooted, the importance of diversity within the world of stationery, and how you can successfully get your products on the shelves of major retail stores. Let's go. Hi, Jasmine. How are you? I'm good. Hi. How are you doing today? I'm doing so good. How's your day going? It's going well. It's getting started. You got me in my mornings. I'm all fresh. <laughs> yes, I love morning interviews. I just feel like, you know, people are just like more open and more <laughs> excited to start their day with a good podcast interview. Absolutely. Um, but let's get started and dive into more about Be Rooted. Mm -hmm. So I like to ask all my guests about their aha moment. I feel that everyone has one, um, before they start their brand. So can you tell us about your aha moment that prompted you to start Be Rooted? Yeah, absolutely. So at the top of 2020, um, when the pandemic hit, it was the first time in years I wasn't running a thousand miles per hour, either working at a brand or working at a company and building someone else's dreams. And when we finally had a time to pause, I was like, wait, like I have all this free time. What am I going to do with it? And so I went back into my, you know, dream journals and thought about what were all the things I've always wanted to do, but just didn't have the time to do it. And when I was a buyer at Target, I was focused on building out the multicultural beauty um, segment. And when I was there, I was always like, there's such a gap across so many areas where women of color are not really served, especially when you think about the home category. You looked at wall art, when you looked at the stationary products being served, there really wasn't a brand speaking or talking to women of color. And I had the idea and I was told, you know, hey, your job is way too big with beauty. So you just focus. And so the top of 2020, when I finally had a moment to pause and could go back into some of the ideas that I wanted to start. Um, I said, look, I'm tired of waiting for someone else to create this brand. I wanted to create a stationary and gifting brand that was really focused on uplifting and celebrating women of color. And I had the time to dedicate to it. Yeah. And I totally agree with like having time to be able to figure out like what you want to do with your life. So I just turned 25 and I always say that this is like my just do it year mm -hmm. where I'm going to do everything that I've always wanted to do. And it seems like that's kind of what you did when you created Be Rooted. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, there's always going to be so many blockers in life that keep you from going after your dreams. And sometimes you just have to say, this is the year, like, let's, let's get after it. Exactly. And I think a lot of people are waiting for the perfect time, but 
as me and you probably both know, there's never a perfect time and you have to really create the perfect time to follow your dreams. Absolutely. So let's kind of get into the name of Be Rooted. I really love it. Um, Can you tell us more about why you chose this specific name and how it kind of ties back into the mission and vision of your brand? Yeah, you know, when I was really trying to think of, you know, what I wanted to call a brand, because you spend so many hours, you know, really looking at that. Um, I knew I wanted it to really embody the fact that we wanted to celebrate and uplift women of color. And when one way in which we always incorporate into our designs is like really positive affirmations. And I thought it'd be really cool to also have the brand in itself almost be like an affirmation. And as we talk mm-hmm. about Be Rooted, we talk about being rooted in culture um, and we talk about being rooted in who you are. Um, and it just as another way to kind of have women kind of have another positive affirmation back at them, even when you think about the name, is that you have these these products that are really rooted in understanding um, who you are, what you want to be, and your culture that you represent. And so um, that's how we, we came up with that name. I love it. And do you have any advice for founders who are like trying to find, I guess, the quote unquote perfect name for their brand? Oh, gosh. I think there's so many. I mean... I'm sure the marketing professionals out there, and I have a background in marketing, would hate me saying this, but I feel like there's so many thousands of things that you need to do to make your brand successful. I think sometimes people spend so much time on like the name, right? And mm-hmm. when you think about companies that are successful, like what what, what did Apple mean? Like, yeah, you're right. You know, yeah. like, you know, what did Apple mean when you're thinking about electronics and what did Target mean when you're thinking about like a mass retail store? And so I think that, you know, you definitely want to have some connectivity and some, some reason and purpose behind your name, but don't let that be the thing that takes so much of your mind space. Um, I'm such a proponent of really focusing on your product and focusing on your consumer and letting that drive your decisions. Um, so I, I know that like marketers would hate me saying like, don't spend so much time on the branding, but have it be something that is purposeful for you. Make sure it's available on all the platforms you need it to be available in and then just go with it. Cause you can, you can come up with a thousand one reasons why it's the perfect name or not the perfect name. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. down the road. And that's so true. Cause when I do look at like big brands that we use every day, I'm not like, oh my God, I hate this name. It's like, I love the product. So you end up loving the name. Exactly. It's yeah. all about the product, the service and the, you know, and like the community that you're building and the, and the, what you invoke. There's very few like brands where I feel like I'm like, oh my God, that name is amazing. I mean, I think Savage by Fenty was pretty sharp though, just yeah, because that that's, that's <laughs> totally, you know, but I think we love it because we love what Rihanna put out there and we love Rihanna mm-hmm. and therefore like it could have been named anything and I probably would have loved Savage. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I love Savage. Also, I'm like Fenty, like where did Fenty come from? But because we love Fenty Beauty, we love the name. Mm-hmm. And I've actually talked to other founders, and some people say that they come up with the name first, and then they start building the products. Did you start building Be Rooted first, or did you come up with the name first? Oh no, I absolutely like came up with the idea and the products first, and then went back to the name. And then oh wow, okay. I mean, here's the thing, like. You have a thousand and one other name. I had so many names that I fell in love with too, but maybe they're already trademarked. Maybe they're, you know, mm. the URLs are already taken. So it's really this like science of both, you know, what you're passionate about to me. It's also, does it connect back to the product that I'm trying to build? 
Um, and then also what's available and you kind of have to like measure all of those things up against each other. Yeah. And how can founders figure out if their name is available? Is it just typing in like your name.com? Like, how do you know if a name is available? Yeah. So, um, you, I used GoDaddy to, um, kind of secure my websites and on there you can kind of search for the names and see if they're available, if they're, if someone's using it, if someone's about to, you know, if it's up for purchase. And so, um, GoDaddy and other platforms like that are a really great way for you to kind of do a quick search. But then as you know, in today's social era, it's so important to make sure that the LinkedIn's, the Twitter's, the Instagram's and TikTok's, you know, can you have consistency across all of those platforms? Um, and then lastly, and kind of almost most importantly is, is it trademarkable? So you can go on the, I believe it's the USTPO website and just do a quick trademark search to see if your name is being used in the class in which your products are going to fall underneath because you can fall in love with something that is open, but if the name is being used um, and you can't have any intellectual property behind it, it may not be the best fit for you. Exactly. And there's been some celebrities who have gotten in hot water by choosing a name that's already owned by a small business and they try to buy the name from the small business and the business is like, no. Yeah. And they have to like change the name or like, or make like different tweaks to it. Mm -hmm. So that's always interesting. Um, so we just talked about Be Rooted and how it's all about like affirmations and your journals actually feature, um, illustrations of black women with various hairstyles, skin tones, um, and actually designed by various art artists that are women of color, which mm -hmm. I think are really cool. And then you also have pins with affirmations like be bold and be fearless, which I love. Why do you think this type of diverse representation visually and positive like affirmations are important specifically in the world of stationery? Yeah. I mean, I think I grew up in the era of like Lisa Frank being like the super popular stationery yes. brand. Um, and also growing up in an area where in media, there just weren't people that looked like me. Um, there, I didn't have a lot of representation as a young black girl within dolls, within any real category out there. Um, and so one thing that's so beautiful about black women in, in black and brown culture is that there's so many different, um, skin tones and hair types and, and cultural inspirations to pull from. And so we want our brand to be a brand that's really representative of, of it all. And why I wanted to go with the stationary and gifting category is that it's products that you carry with you in your everyday life, right? And yes. so you have your, your journals or your planners at your desk. You might have one by your bedside. You might have one in your purse. Um, you might have one in, at your office. And um, it's something where you can look at it and look down and kind of have a reflection of you um, and carry with you throughout. I also thought it was really important to interweave positive uplifting messaging because there's so much on an everyday basis that we kind of all go through that is constantly kind of giving negativity into a space, especially as being um, black and brown people in corporate or just existing. Think about what happened this week, weekend, you know, we are mm -hmm. minding our own business and 10 of our brothers and sisters got gunned down in their grocery store for just existing and you're constantly trying to figure out how do you exist in this world while also processing trauma that we all experience and so not to say that my products are going to you know fully solve any of those problems but i do hope that when someone has a journal that says protect your energy and they look down at it that maybe it provides them a little bit of peace for that moment or when they have the product that says you know manifest it dream it believe it that 
they can look, they can use those pens and write with them. And if they're trying to figure out what to do with their next step in life, you know, that they have something that's encouraging. And so it's just those little reminders and like a kind of subtle way throughout your day that I hope just provides customers a little bit of peace and happiness. Yeah. And it's just like, it's just a nice pick me up. And like you said, like, is it going to stop like, you know, systemic racism? Like maybe not, but it can like touch someone. Mm -hmm. And I've actually made it an effort to start buying like, you know, black artwork Mm -hmm. and stuff and putting it in my room. And it really does make such a difference to have things around you that are a reflection of you. Absolutely. And then even with journals, you know, when you have like black and brown women on the journals, journaling is such an intimate act, Mm -hmm. right? Because you're like putting all of your thoughts, your desires into, um, you know, this book. So being able to have someone that's reflecting you while you're doing that Mm -hmm. is always really nice as well. I always say like, we have a journal for every mood and we have a notebook that is like looking back, like you're talking to your friend. So maybe you don't want to tell all your friend, all your business, but you have this journal that kind of reminds you of yourself, reminds you of your friend and your networking. Like, oh, I can talk to her. This feels feels familiar. (laughs) Exactly. It's like, it's like a quick key, like a chat session. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, it seems like journaling is really like a lost art. Many mm-hmm. people don't really journal as much. Um, and especially with the rise of technology. So why do you think journaling is important? And do you have any tips and tricks for our listeners to effectively journal? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because we're seeing with the rise of technology, people going, obviously into this digital space, but then we're also seeing a trend of people kind of coming back and wanting to like reconnect back with like writing and getting back in touch with themselves. And one thing that I love about writing is that it's such a radical form of free self-care. All of us can't necessarily afford to, you know, go see a therapist. And I definitely am a huge advocate of that as well. Um, Or, you know, other ways that I think self-care people think of is like whether it's working out, whether it's eating right, all of these things. I think writing your thoughts down can be a very powerful way to kind of gain clarity um, Mm -hmm. and to track things over time. But I also tell people like, don't make it so difficult. I think people remember journaling as like you needing to every day be like, dear diary, I am thinking. And it's like, it doesn't have to be that. I um, am not necessarily a every day I have to write some things. I think as a Virgo, I'm a perfectionist. So if Mm -hmm. I can't commit to doing something perfectly, I just won't do it. So instead, to me, it's when I need to gain clarity, when I want to um, get, get some of these ideas that are swirling in my head out of my head and onto paper, I I write them out and and, and it helps me slow down. So I would say people just like, don't, don't take it so seriously, but also um, Pinterest is so wonderful. And if you go to be rude, it's Pinterest boards. We provide a lot of journal prompts. So if you are looking for something to help you get started, um, using a journal prompt is a really easy way to um, give you something to kind of help guide you. Mm -hmm. I agree. Like, yeah, like you don't have to write like a six paragraph essay every time you go into your journal. Like for me, I have a journal that I've had since 2016, which doesn't seem that long, but I was like going into Mm -hmm. my sophomore year of college. And sometimes I would just, you know, ask, I like doing the ask my future self questions. Mm -hmm. And then you answer it a year later Mm -hmm. and you get to see kind of like what you're worried about, what you're curious about. And you're kind of like talking to your younger self, which I think is really cool. Um, 
but I kind of want to go back into you saying you're a Virgo and a perfectionist. My sister's a Virgo, actually. <laughs> um, how did you, when you were building, like, Be Rooted, right? How did you kind of, like, use the perfectionism to help with the brand? Or were you kind of like, I already know, like, launching a new brand, it's not going to be perfect at first, but I'm going to give myself grace. Yeah, I mean, it was a lot of extending grace in those early days because there's just no way if you are not a multi-million dollar funded brand from day one, um, and even in that case, you probably still aren't going to have everything exactly how you want it, but we were a bootstrap Mm -hmm. brand. I was doing this as a side hustle while I still had a full-time, very important job, Um, and I just had to extend myself a lot of grace and also tell myself, like, what am I good at? Like, I know that I'm good at strategy. I am good at, I know that once I say I'm going to execute something, I'm going to execute it. I can take an idea and concept to execution like no other. Like, I'm not going to drop the ball. But there's going to just be things that may not be as perfect as I want them to be. So, for example, when I first launched the brand, um, a lot of people don't even know this, but I launched the brand with the website that I designed, which (laughs) not a website designer by trade. Um, and also with, uh, without a logo, because I wow. wanted to see if the product on itself could stand up to what the customers were looking for. And if I got a proof of concept that this was something that people were biting, I would go back and invest in all the marketing and branding that was needed. So it wasn't until almost, um, like six months after we had launched that I got invested in getting like a full website redesign, full logo creation um that in in a website that was not built by my hands um so uh but that was a lot of you know extending myself grace because of course i would have loved to you know launch with the most perfect website and amazing branding but you have to make choices in those beginning phases of how you're going to spend your investment i mean to me i wanted to put it all into community building and all into the product Um, And I knew that I'd have to kind of wait on some of those other components. So can you tell us what was the decision that made you want to leave your full-time job and take Be Rooted from being a side hustle to now your full-time career? God, you know, so in the beginning, I was like, once Be Rooted hits this sales goal, like that's when I'm going to leave my full-time job. And then I hit that sales goal and I still wasn't ready to leave. And then it was, okay, well, if Target expands me into more items, like that's going to be the marker of success. And so I had kept giving myself all of these, like, if this happens, then this will be the time. And what I realized was that it didn't, all of these like formal things that should have been the marker of me being ready was never going to be enough if I didn't change my mindset and if I stopped being scared. And so I had lunch with one of my, one of my mentors and she was like, girl, what are you doing? Like, why are you still doing, you know, having two full-time jobs? So I never really, I know I've said side hustle, but I used to always be like, I have two main hustles. Mm-hmm. Um, because at the time, you know, Be Rooted was to me way more than a side hustle. I had, it was, you know, really growing and we were trying to scale the business. And I was like telling her all the reasons why. And she was like, you don't have time to clearly think about this. Like you need to really just take a weekend and really think about why you're still making this decision. She's like, because to me, to be honest, it sounds like these are excuses. 
Um, and she's like, she's like, so just really sit with yourself. And so I took a trip to LA and I was just by myself. I didn't take a trip with anyone else. And I really just sat and asked myself the tough questions. And I really landed on that. I had to change my mindset and I had to really believe in myself. And I think a lot of people, you know, people think that starting a business is where, you know, the, when you're like, that's the thing, that's the motivator. No, it's like, once you do it, it's like keeping it going and making it successful and growing it. That That's the scary piece. And so after I got back from LA, I just made a decision that I was going to go all in. And so I sold my house and I oh my gosh. moved um, to Georgia to live with my parents. And I said, I'm going to, I'm going to go all in and do this. And it's been the best decision. I, uh, I went full time the start of this year. And since then, I feel like God was like, oh, okay. So since you made this move, I got you. And mm. there's just been so many amazing opportunities that Be Rooted's had that I am not even clear how I would have gotten them done if I would have had another full-time job. But I always say, if you make room for your passions, God will make room for them to grow. And so um, it was really like the perfect timing. And what do you think was your main fear of not wanting to make Be Rooted like your number one main hustle? Or like, yeah, like you said. I just think having a fallback of some security, right? There's definitely security in having a full-time job that you feel like you've been doing for a while and you know how to do it and you have those constant paychecks coming in. And, you know, also, if but you're honest with yourself, if the brand doesn't grow to a certain level, you can always just be like, well, it's because I had two jobs, you know? So it's, it's, but if you are going all in on something and maybe you're not seeing the success that you want, like that is a, a, a uh, attribution of your effort. Um, versus I feel like by me kind of having, you know, that second thing, it was like my fallback. Right. And so mm -hmm. it, it was really just changing my mindset and being comfortable with no matter where Be Rooted goes. I'm doing this for the community. I'm doing this because I believe in product. I believe that I'm uniquely positioned on this earth to always center black and brown women in my work. And I have to stop being scared. Yeah. And being scared because like you said, it's the financial security. And I'm not sure if you have employees or is it just you? Do you have like employees that work? So we ha I have a lot of contractors, um, okay. but still it's people that I have. I like to do a lot of, uh, I call it like um, permalink. So it's longer contracts. It's not month to month. It's like people that, you know, they're uh, expecting to be with you for three to six to nine months. And yeah, it's not, if, when you're, when I had a job, I was always like, well, I'll be good. Cause I didn't take any pay from Be Rooted until this year. So wow. until this year, 100% of everything that we made was going to paying people on my team and or reinvesting back into product and inventory. Um, and this was the first time that I had actually paid myself was this year. And by having that full-time job, I was able to, because I was able to fully sustain my life um, without needing to tap into any Be Rooted funds. And so, yeah, it's scary too, mainly just because you, you don't want, you want to make sure that those on you that are helping you build your dream are good. Right. Yep. Um, and, but a part of removing that fear for me being a Virgo is being very practical. It's like, okay, well, if your finances are in order, make sure that you're always doing your monthly cash flow statements. 
make sure you're always doing your monthly rebudgeting so that you don't get surprised. I think sometimes business owners, um, you we forget about those like other details because we're like, that's not the fun stuff. But that's the stuff that makes sure that you're operationally savvy and are able to provide clarity around like your, your future progress. And did you already have like knowledge of how to do like cash flow or like inventory or did you have to teach yourself that? So I had a little bit of background. I was head of sales at the beauty brand prior to um, starting Be Rooted. And so even though I wasn't in finance, I was able to kind of have like a secondary view of what those reports looked like because I got to receive them, but I never had to create them. So one of the first kind of books that I bought was like, I think it was like accounting and finances for small business. Um, and then I bought like, um, accounting, um, for dummies and I just bought all of these books from Barnes and Nobles and I spent like time every weekend, just like getting myself knowledgeable on how do you create these statements? What do I need to make sure I have? What's a 13 week outlook? Um, because I think it's really important, even though I have a bookkeeper who works for the company that you need to understand these things for yourself. Um, so that you can make sure that your finances are straight and that you're never just fully relying on someone else to kind of give you the information. And so a lot of it was self-taught. Yeah. And like you said, like when you're starting a business, you don't think about this. You're just thinking of like the fun of starting a business of, you know, the website, the marketing, the logo. And then when stuff gets real, you got to know how to make, you know, ends meet or how to, you know, make money from your product, how to track your products and things like that. Um, and that could be challenging, but there's also challenges of just being a black woman founder in general. Can you tell us about some of those challenges and how did you overcome them? Yeah. I mean, I think it's very widely known that black founders are typically have less access to re, uh, resources, to finances and, um, and to just the kind of overall general like know-how of how to break into their industry we a lot of us don't come from families that i don't have a family that is you know 20 25 years deep in paper industry i don't have i don't have cousins or aunties or anyone who even know what i'm doing and so a lot and i've never had a background in stationery and gifting so a lot of it's kind of figuring it out for yourself um trying to take the experiences of your network Um, and maybe they're not necessarily in the same industry as you, but trying to figure out like, well, what were some of the things that they did in their industry that might have some correlation in what I'm trying to do, being very comfortable and asking for help, which is something that I've had to really kind of teach myself because I'm very much so a person that wants to try to figure it out on my, on my own. Um, Mm -hmm. but then along with that, it's because we serve a community that has unfortunately been deserved for so long you have to spend a lot of time building trust with your community in a way that I don't necessarily think that non-black founders have to spend as much time. And so being a founder is not just about building an amazing brand and being focused on the product. It's being present. It's about telling your story. It's being active on social media. It's being enriching into the community so that they understand that you're building a brand that's authentically representative of them. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's another job added on to the founder job that I think is just a unique position, especially for black women founders, than I think non-black women founders um, in, in different categories. It just kind of adds one one more layer. And how do you build trust 
within your community when you're building a product or a brand? Yeah, a lot of it is just trying to share as much information as possible um, about your why, why you're doing this, why you're uniquely positioned to do this, why you care. Um, being, for me, it's about also um, connecting our products beyond just the products and trying to also be connected back into things that are important to our community. So for example, this final season, we partnered with a black owned coffee shop here in Atlanta and then partnered with um, Clark Atlanta to do, uh, we were giving free coffee away um, to students and we had this whole Feel Your Finals campaign. And it's really just, uh, we last year did a campaign with the Loveland Foundation. So the Loveland Foundation gives free therapy to women of color um, who don't have access to therapy themselves. And so we did a limited, limited edition journal that all the proceeds of that like went back to the Loveland Foundation and they then serve our community as well. And so it's just kind of embedding ourselves in, in with different other brands that are like-minded, but that are also con- community driven and are connected back to the people that we also care about. I love that. And I always think that, you know, the key to successful small businesses is collaborating with other small businesses mm-hmm. or other organizations around you. Absolutely. So this has been so great chatting with you. I always like to close out with you just giving your most authentic piece of advice to aspiring founders. Yeah. I mean, I, we've talked about it a little bit, but you're never going to be ready. Um, so say yes anyways. And I wholeheartedly believe, believe that if you are walking in your purpose, purpose and passion, you will never steer wrong. And so as long as you know what your North star is and you know, your values and your why, keep going down that path and it will continue to pay off dividends. Yes. Thank you. Those are extremely wise words. Thank you so much, Jasmine. Um, so how can our listeners find you? How can they grab, you know, the latest be rooted journal? What's your Instagram? Let us know. Yeah. So, uh, you can find us on all social channels at, at be rooted co. So B E R O T E D C O. Um, we'd love to have you join our community. Our website is berooted.co.com. And for any new person that has not bought from us, you can use welcome 15 to get 15% off any, your entire purchase. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jasmine. This has been such a good conversation and thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest updates, make sure to give us a follow on Instagram at The Diversified Podcast. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time. Bye.